Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Christmas, everyone, and welcome to a seasonal edition of The Last Show on Earth. I'm John Ho Ho Hoin Jones. And I'm Alistair Tinsel Brammer, and welcome to a special Christmas episode of the podcast in which we ask our guest the big, big question that nobody ever needed to ask. If there was a huge meteor hurtling towards Earth, threatening to destroy life as we know it, and you could see one more show before you die, what would it be? It can be anything you want, a show you've seen, one you wish you'd seen, or something you've made up entirely. In this episode, we are joined by Mr. Michael Ball. Do we need to say anything else? It's Michael Bloody Ball, for God's sake. Housewife's favourite, West End and Broadway star, best-selling recording artist and now a best-selling novelist with two Olivier Awards and an OBE to boot. I'm delighted to say he's also half Welsh. Now, we talked to Michael in early November via the magic of the internet, just after he and John had returned from a trip to Australia to perform at the Sydney Opera House. And we had a fantastic rambling chat with him where he opened up all about suffering from stage fright. He shares his thoughts on becoming a best-selling novelist and tells us a wickedly funny story about the queen of musical theatre, Elaine Page. That's enough of an intro, Al. This is an extra-long bumper Christmas episode especially designed to help you get through that awkward period between Christmas and New Year when you don't know what day it is. And we can't wait for you to hear it, so please settle yourself down and get nice and comfy so you're ready to hear all about the last show on Earth choice of the king of musical theatre, Mr Michael Ball. Julie Andrews came up to me in the interval and I'd just done um, uh, the phantom section. She went, oh, that's lovely. Would you like a cup of tea? And I went, yes, please, Julie. Milk? Yes, please, Julie. Sugar? Just a spoonful, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) On here we ask a question nobody dared to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on Earth? This is the last show on Earth! My name is John. My name is Al. Been friends a long time past. We want to know what show you'd see. If you knew it was to be your last, what is your last show on Earth? This is the last show on Earth! What is your last show? This is the last show on Earth! Welcome to the last show on Earth, Mr. Michael Ball. All right. Oh, it's a great pleasure and an honour and a thrill to be here. Oh, thank you very much. Look, you're literally the busiest man in showbiz at the moment. You've got so many things going on. You've got a new album that's just come out, hit the top three. Remind me what that's called. 
That's called Ball and Bow in Vegas. No, it's not. It's called Together in Vegas. Wow. Okay, so busy. Can't even remember the name of his top three album. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and you've also got a a book out called? Called The Empire. My Sunday Times bestseller. (laughs) Your Sunday Times bestseller. But it's... It's, let me just get this correct, though. I mean, you've yeah. got this book out now, but it's not the first book you've written, is it? Because I remember back in 2002, you wrote a book called Foolish Risks of God, which was a Lenten study on the parables of the New Testament. Is that? Oh, wait, no, hang on. No, sorry, that's a different Michael Ball. That's the Bishop of Truro. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ignore that. I've, I've, done, I've done the wrong research yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this is your first book, correct? This is my first book. Yeah. And, um, and I'm, I'm starting book two as we speak. Oh. Oh, sorry, we should, we should actually correct that. It's your first novel, your first work of fiction. It's my first book. I've never written. I've, I've been asked loads of times if I'd be interested in writing a memoir. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, an autobiography, and I've always said no, right, right, because I like my friends. <laughs> uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe one day in the very, very far distant future, it might happen. But what I wanted to yeah. do was to write about what I know best, which is the theatre and putting on a show and the dynamic of backstage and front of house, yeah, and put it in an interesting time. Uh, which and I think the 1920s were a really interesting time for the theatre. It's when theatres started. Yeah. You know, we've all been to all those incredible theatres throughout the country that, yeah. fortunately, uh, many of them still exist. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to make it a specific one, like the Liverpool Empire or... or um, Sunderland Empire or yes. the Hackney Empire or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was just the Empire. And... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and sort of explore explore characters and scenarios and things and and have fun with it and be able to take things that have happened in my life and people that I know and sort of fictionalize them and put them through the narrative yeah well it's such a fascinating world isn't it the backstage world is kind of what you remember from doing the show is the show and you have a great time on stage but all the stuff that goes on back and the gossip and the love interests and all these things yeah. are fascinating and let's be honest that's the best show you know yeah yeah the, the backstage show is the best yeah. show yeah <laughs> the the dynamic backstage the madness of getting a show on the yeah. the I, I mean i don't know if you were like me but when i was i was a kid and i was sitting in the theater you just think how are they making that work mm. yeah and then when you go backstage you're still going how are we making this work <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It's bonkers. Let me ask you, have you taken stuff from real life experience and put them into the book? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I, I, I've talked a lot about, there's one character called Bill Barlow who went through a similar sort of thing that I went through when we did Les Mis of, of the, um, the total lack of confidence that, that, that occurred to me, leading to panic attacks, leading to... Yes, I read about that. Yeah, huge stage fright. And le- led to me leaving Les Mis and giving up. Right. No, I didn't know this. This is... Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, this is in the West End? This was... We'd, we'd opened yeah. and uh, in the West End. We'd done... And it was the biggest hit imaginable. Yeah. And there was I, 23, starring in one of the greatest roles for a young man in Marius. You know, it was on top of the world. I got sick with, with vangular fever, mononucleosis. Yeah. Uh, so I, I left the show for uh, a few weeks to, to get better. Yeah. And I didn't. But I came back 
and I still had this. We think now it may have been related to um, ME. Not uh, yeah, ME. The the, the yuppie flu. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Right. So I found myself with zero energy, with zero um, uh, ability to, hmm. to to find the energy, which led to me starting to have panic attacks. Yeah. On stage, which I don't know if you've ever occurred, if, they, if they've ever happened to you. Well, I hope to God they never will. Nothing quite as serious as what you seem to be describing. It must have been really particularly bad being a young man having that. Yeah. And you know? and, and literally no resources to deal with it. Mm. This no, is my first it wasn't show. A thing then. And, no. and also if people's attitudes were different then. Oh, mm. completely. They they, they no had, understand and, and and the terror, the feeling of having panic attacks on stage. And you have a voice in your head. You know, it, it, that's the terrible thing. We have to stay focused, stay concentrated. But then this thing, this voice is going, is, is, is almost like, like the devil yeah. going, you don't know this, you can't do this. What the hell is the next line? Ugh. Now, we've all been through that, mm. but we, we kind of, we know how to ignore it and we, we stay focused. I couldn't. Yeah. I remember a, a time the, the, the revolve went round for me to sing Empty Chairs and I started the song and I just lost it. I had the tunnel vision. I, I, I had that. My heart started rate, the whole fight or flight. I had to cling on to not leave the stage. Ugh. And I then, and they then cocked up the song. Wow. Did you? And for, yeah. And, you know, when, when you're in a musical, the music doesn't stop. No, no, the no, cues no. are the same. So yeah. there's no option. You can't sort of take a moment and so on. Yeah. It was bang. You're going yeah. through. And um, it was the single worst feeling. And that leads to it happening off stage, leads to the doubts, leads to yeah. the spiral of, of depression and uh, of, of reevaluation. You know, you, you just can't cope. And I, uh, I re removed myself. Uh, I spoke to Cameron and said, you know what, I'm going to have to leave the show. I can't do this. I can't. I'm, I'm unreliable. Yeah. And the last thing I ever want to be is unreliable. Yeah. And so you've put that experience into this character from the Empire. Yeah, I've made him. Um, I've made him go through the same circumstance. Now I managed to. To I didn't talk to anyone. Biggest mistake of my life, not mm. talking to anyone. Um, but I, I managed to find my way through it to deal with it, and got the, it was Cameron phoning me and saying, "Right, darling, shit or get off the pot. We're recasting Phantom." Uh, you'd make a great Raoul. Daisy Willits is going to do uh, the Phantom, and uh, either you, do, you you think you can do this and you you find your way through, or you won't ever go back on stage. Yeah, and yeah. It, it literally had got to that point. And I That's thought very supportive of him. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, he yeah. was amazing. He was amazing. And I did it, and I found these techniques myself that sort of made things work. Yeah, and. I'm always conscious of it, though, boys. I'm always, you know, if I get if I get tired, really tired or stressed or not well, yeah. then it's not just the physical thing for me. It's that mental state that you can get in where you, you know, what we do is so insane. <laughs> you know, night after night going out there and, and yeah. you have to have confidence. You have to have, uh, you have to have your wits about you. And if you haven't, yeah. Then you're not going to do it right. Well, I remember being a young, being a young man, and and you were sort of you were very much an inspiration to a, a boy who who never ever um, sort of said that he liked theatre to anyone. I would like it in secret when I was sort of fourteen, fifteen, and you just 
exuded confidence. It's sort of so hard to understand that you went through something like that because you, you know, this is the guy who just hit B flats every single night and love changes everything. You know, but that's my job, though. Yeah, you know, that's mm. that's that's the job. But isn't that also you're wearing a mask? You're you're yeah. and it's the, exactly John. Yeah, it's the way it's the way of getting through, and uh, it it's almost like something that you know let's break through the wall you've got these these anxieties and you mustn't show vulnerability this is Um, incredible though i mean i i never knew this about you and and i've always been i mean we've known each other quite some time and i've always been incredibly impressed with your work ethic the fact that when you do a sound check for a concert you don't just do a couple of songs you sing through the entire show no i used to john Oh, you used to, yeah, but yeah, okay. I did. But even, but even then, I mean, I remember being backstage with other guests. You know, we were all appearing with you in, on outdoor concerts. This was back in, yeah. I think, the late nineties, early two thousands. I can't quite remember when. Early two thousands, yeah. it was. And you would sing through the whole thing. And I think was that then, was that something that helped you get through any possible stage fright that you might have had? Because that was me, me going, "Do I have it?" Yeah. Yes. And, and and I tell you who who I learned that from, and I've since learned to do it the the Tom Jones way. It was Shirley Bassey. Shirley, before doing any concert, will sing through the entire repertoire. Jesus, making sure she's got it, got it in her voice. She can hit those notes. Um, so I kind of thought that's what one had, and I also approached a sound check like it was a dress rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if you're doing one nights and everything, I thought, well, I've got to give them everything so that they know what the lighting will be here, what the sound check. Now, of course, well, actually, Tom Tom doesn't even turn up for a sound check. He just trusts everyone knows their job and rocks yeah. up and does it. Yeah. Now I, I I've understood that I don't need to do that. That I need to just trust in what I can do, and also. I don't need to belt it <laughs> twice when yeah. I can just belt it once. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah absolutely. I was, it was always a, quite a shock to me. And it's, it's just physically so demanding, the repertoire you sing, you know. Yeah. I mean, you and I have just spent some time in Australia doing the music of Bublil and Schoenberg, and what a dream trip that was. And you were still, and I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, mate, but you were still singing Marius as if it was 1985. You know, you still had... And I remember saying to you off stage, going, I bet you think you don't still have that voice, but you really do. And that's incredible, isn't it? Bless you. That's, inc- that's incredible to think. I mean, that I, 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 if you probably, if you listened to it and, and compared it to where, where I was um, in 1985 when we did it originally, it would be different. But what was interesting was trying to, 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 to channel that kid, yeah. to, 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 to remember what the part would and, and go, it doesn't matter. I look very different <laughs> <laughs> than I did back in the day. And um, yeah, I was worried because you've got, uh, I'm singing with, uh, two people who are the right age <laughs> and I thought, am I going to look like their dodgy uncle? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Songs. I know what you mean. But then they were able to sit in that audience in the Sydney Opera House and just close their eyes you know, and here, yeah. 1985, I, I thought that was a wonderful thing to be part of. It really was. What we do in every episode is we talk to our guests about, you know, what they're up to and what they're going to be up to. But we don't tend to really dwell too much on the past because 
a lot of people coming to this will know exactly who you are and what you've done. Right. But we will we do something a little bit different where Al asks you 10 questions yeah. about your life and career so far as a potted way of talking about your past without spending four or five hours doing it, okay. which I would love to do with you, but we haven't really got the time. We have. You haven't got the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Well, I've got all the time in the world to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, are you ready for Al's 10 questions? Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Question one. One of your first jobs was at the Manchester Opera House starring in a production of The Pirates of Penzance by Gilbert and Sullivan. Name three other shows by GNS. Patience, HMS Pinafore, The Mikado. Very good. Question two. You played Caractacus Potts in the West End production of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang in 2002. That car was identified by the Guinness World Records as the most expensive stage prop ever. Costing how much? I'll give you 50k either side. I think they said it was one and a half million. Exactly. It's exactly half of that, which is still a lot of money. £750,000 for one prop. Yeah, but we had two. Oh, well then. It's- <laughs> <laughs> then correct. Correct. That's brilliant. Question number three. This is an anagram, so keep your ears open. You originated the role of Marius in Les Miserables. Cleaner Fluffers is an anagram of which of your original co-stars? Francis Raphael. Correct. Question number four. You played a fictional version of yourself in BBC comedy Toast of London. Who else in this room has appeared in that sitcom? <laughs> I, I, I would imagine John Owen Jones. Correct. He played Neil Dubedecker. Correct. That's right. Question number five. You start... Sorry, sorry, sorry. You can't just do that. You, you played who? <laughs> I played a character called Neil Dubladecker. He was a film producer for a version of Star Wars, which Stephen Toast was uh, cast in. Um, and it was actually... Oh, is, it, is this Toast in Tinseltown? Toast of Tinseltown, yeah. Right. Yeah, it was in the very last episode, one of the very last scenes, and it was an absolute joy working on it. Wasn't. But if anyone hasn't seen Toast of London and Michael Ball's it's legendary incredible. episode... It needs to be watched. We'll put a link to it in the podcast description. Not rocket science. It's not rocket science. (laughs) Um, There's so many brilliant things about it. It's a musical theatre lover's dream episode of a comedy. It really is. Toast of London. It is amazing. Anyway, next question. Yes. Question number five. You starred as Giorgio in the original London production of Stephen Sondheim's Passion. This will test your memory. Complete this lyric from Happiness. Oh. God, you are so beautiful. I love to see you in the light, clear and beautiful. Memorise every inch, every... Part of you. That'll do. To take with me. But that's correct. Very good. Question number six. You won the Olivier for your performance as Sweeney Todd. Imelda Staunton was also won one for her production, her performance as Mrs... I'm going to start again. You won the Olivier for your performance as Sweeney Todd. Imelda Staunton won one for her performance as Mrs Lovett. Is she as short as she looks? She's shorter. Really? Is she tiny? <laughs> what a ridiculous question. Yeah. She looks really small. She's really weenie. <laughs> She's like Elaine Page height. <laughs> Good. Question... And she wears flats. Wow. <laughs> question number seven. You... <laughs> Elaine's always got a stiletto. Both of them are, though, are such dynamos, aren't they? Oh, amazing. Amazing. Pocket rockets, yeah. Question number seven. You originated the role of Edna Turnblad in the London production of Hairspray. Again, winning an Olivier Award, yawn. But what silky voice for all... Not Garney, Al. No, no Olivier's. No, all nominations, darling. I'll have a lens of one of mine. (laughs) I'll take one, yeah. No, I I won't, because you like to use them as bookends, don't you? Um, Yeah, I do. (laughs) 
Again, Winnie and Olivier. But what silky-voiced Broadway veteran originated the role in New York? <laughs> silky-voiced. You know, it was the best thing ever. Because if you know when you go on and you you've got a rough old voice and you think, oh God, I'm going to be able to. I would just think about Harvey Firestein, who originated the <laughs> I will never sound that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's extraordinary, isn't it? It's extraordinary. And yeah, it, it's magical. It works. Absolutely magical. Yes. I saw him do. That's where I, I decided I want to. Sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting. Is it's that fine. all right? No, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went to see that. Uh, on Broadway when it had opened. I was doing a show for Radio 2 called Ball on Broadway. And it had just opened and there was a big buzz. And I went to see it, one of the single best nights I've ever had in the theatre. And that's where I sat there and I would kill to play that role and nobody will cast me. Mm. I just knew no one would cast me. And it, luckily it wasn't until five years later uh, that they, they, they managed to bring it over. And... It's the first time since since Les Mis that I've auditioned for a part. Wow! Wow! But a proper audition, you yeah. know, in in the, in the corridor outside with everyone else waiting to go in. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all going, "What's Michael Ball doing here?" Amazing. Question question number eight: You have had yeah. four solo albums reach number one in the UK chart, as well as two reaching the number one slot with Ball and Bow. And your recent novel, The Empire, is a Sunday. No, Times you've got that wrong. Best. You've got that wrong. Go on, what? I've had two solos get to number one, and uh, four Ball and Bows get to number one. Is it four? I thought it was the Three. other way around. No. Yeah, I'm yeah. Wrong. You've only released. Oh, this this new album is the fourth, right? Fifth. Oh, together, okay. together again, back together, together Christmas. Together in Vegas, right, okay, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And three of those got to number one, and uh, two solos have got to number one. And Wikipedia needs to be changed, because Wikipedia well, is telling uh, me you're way, you've done way, you've got way more number ones than that. They never, it's ne they never keep up with it. So, I mean, we can presume he's got that question right, yeah? Because yeah. even though you didn't ask it, he told you the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the answer was true or false. So I guess false, and that's the correct false. answer. <laughs> <laughs> Question number nine. But hey, who's counting? No, but, yeah. <laughs> Question nine. You starred in London and New York as Count Fosco in The Woman in White, not to be confused with the thriller which plays at the Fortune Theatre London, which is titled what? <laughs> the Woman in Beige. No, it's The, <laughs> the Woman in <laughs> Puce. Woman in Black, obviously. Correct. Yeah. Nor should it be confused with the 1986 single by Christa Berg entitled what? <laughs> <laughs> These are really taxing. Yeah. Um, the lady in red. Correct. That's and last the question. Finally, you starred in Lloyd Webber's Aspects of Love, from which came your famous 1992 single, Love Changes Everything. But does it? Does love change everything? Yes. And I can list the things it changes. Hands and faces, mm -hmm. earth and sky, how we live, <laughs> how we die. How we die. Yeah. It can make a summer fly or a night seem or like a, a lifetime. Like a lifetime. Yep. Do you know what? This leads very nicely on to the next part of the chat where we discuss um, how people can actually find out for themselves if love changes everything in 2023. Yeah when Aspects of Love returns to the West End. Yes. Now, why don't you tell us about that whole scenario and how it came to be? Okay. Um, 
so I just finished doing, we, we reprised Hairspray, mm-hmm. uh, you know, reopened West End at the Coliseum with Hairspray. And it was fabulous. Oh, what a way to end lockdown. Yeah. And so I went away on holiday and I was thinking, well, what should I do next? You know, I'm always trying to think uh, like all of us, you know, you finish a job and you think I'll never work again. Mm. Uh, so, and I like to be proactive and find things and, and make suggestions. It's, it's how Sweeney happened, for example, and Mac and Mabel. Um, so I'm sitting there in my pants, uh, thinking, what am I, what am I going to do next? What's an interesting, Michael Ball in is going to, what's going to make people interested? Yeah. And I happened to put on the telly and Moonraker was on mm-hmm. with Roger Moore. Now, Roger and I became great friends through aspects of love because he originally was going to be playing George and he left after the sits pro. Yeah. He left the production and, uh, which is another story. But so I'm thinking about Rog and I'm thinking about our time together and our friendship and everything and, and started me thinking about aspects. And I had a big birthday in June and I went, oh my God, I'm very nearly the same age as he was when we did Aspects. Yeah. And Kevin Colson, who eventually played the role, yeah. was probably younger than me. And then I went, that's it. That's what I want to do. I would love to revisit Aspects of Love. Mm-hmm. And now with all the, the experience that I've had, you know, it's, it's what, 30... Three years later, yeah. uh, it, it'll be thirty-four years later. Wow. Um, I, I would, I would be foolish not to not to play the, the role of George and see how that feels, how that fits. So I took the idea to um, Anika Burns and yeah. and and to Andrew, and they instantly got it. They went hundred percent. Yeah, uh, I want, uh, and I wanted Jonathan Kent to direct it, who directed us in Sweeney. Yeah, and um, lo, it is a thing. It's happening. We all just said yes. It's very exciting. It's very exciting because I mean, of course, there's a whole generation of theatre goers who never saw that show because it it's not very much revived. Because it obviously yeah. it's problematic. Are you rewriting it? What you're doing? I mean, what we have is one of his genuinely. I mean, this one of his most beautiful scores. Yes, absolutely. And 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 we have something that's not not an epic. We made a mistake, I think, of the original production of trying to make it epic. Uh-huh. So you had Maria. It was on the back of Phantom. Yeah. Um, Saigon had just opened. Um, it was all about the staging. Yeah. So it, it, you then, so Maria Bjornsson on the back of doing Phantom designed it, and it was extraordinary. Yeah. What she came up with, yeah. but it didn't actually fit the piece. There were there were things within the. Yeah, I mean, it was. A, fairly tortuous uh, uh, rehearsal period. Um, it was subsequently changed a bit uh, by Gail Edwards when they did it yeah. in Australia, yeah. which was a much more successful production. Um, but there are still issues with it. Yeah. So what we, we're doing, we're actually workshopping it in a couple of weeks um, just to, to nail down exactly the structure that we want. And there are going to be it, it, it's still the show people will understand. The yeah. characters are there, the songs are there, though maybe not the original people who sang them will be singing all Ooh, of those songs yes, done by somebody else. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and quite rightly, um, I, in my opinion, but I would say that. Uh, <laughs> but having and, and the other issue 
which is a thorny issue and a bit controversial, is is the whole relationship between um, Alex and Jenny. Oh yes, of now, course. Jenny, yeah. You know, is the niece of Alex, and and we have to have that jeopardy. Yeah, I believe uh, Alex ultimately behaves honourably. Mm-hmm. So there's there's no sort of, you know, but but it's an issue that is 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 going to be. Tricky, but that's our job, isn't it? Yeah, in yeah, what yeah, we yeah. do, and and um, we will find a way of finessing that. And and I'm 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 really hopeful. It's a limited run. It's six months. We'll go from uh, May to uh, November. It's at the Lyric in Shaftesbury oh, Avenue, yeah, right. theatre I've never played. Yeah, um, and I just hope the dressing room's nice. Uh, they're uh, all right. They they're all right there. there. <laughs> they're all right. Okay. I don't think I've been in the number one dressing room, but you know you can always have it knocked through, love. You've always you've done that in the past. I have. <laughs> when does it open in May then? Because I finish. I'm doing Bake Off from February till May the thirteenth. But um, I think we we open. I think we open like in the first week, previewing, and then. I don't know what, what okay. date the actual opening night it's is. It's just because I don't want to be in competition with you for Olivia, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> As well, the, well, it'll be interesting because... Will you be... You'll be up for lead, would you? Oh, I don't know. I don't even think about those things. I've never been in a show that's even qualified. Um, oh. But um, it's one of those things where if it happens, it happens, and I don't know how it even works, mate. I think... Are you not on the board? Are you one of the... No, I thought you had something to do with that. So I was wondering how you got your Olivier's in the first place. I thought there must have been a reason. Well, obviously, I sleep around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's a very exciting twenty twenty three you got planned then with this new, yeah, you know, and you're going to be. Yeah. Do you know that leads me on to another question about the fact that you've got such an incredibly diverse career. You've done this thing, which all smart actors end up being able to do is where they they cross boundaries. You become you know, you're an author, you're a presenter, you're a TV presenter, radio presenter, concert performer, recording artist, actor. You know, you've got all these, you know, skills in your in your little skill set there. Um, but you you keep coming back to the theatre, and I think that's a wonderful thing. Because, you know, as you get older, of course, you know, physically it becomes so much harder, vocally it becomes so much harder, but you're still going out there and doing it. And I take my hat off to you, Mr Ball. I'm very, I am very impressed with that dedication. I mean, because you know, you're in your sixties now. I know, love. There's no need to, to advertise. And I, look, I'm feeling it tough. I'm in my fifties. I feel it tough. I don't know how on earth yeah, you're doing it. Is. it. Yeah, it is. But I'm, I've made one concession to that um, because I do my radio show on a Sunday morning, so I'll have two shows on the Saturday. Yeah. Um, I discovered when doing uh, hairspray in um at the coliseum that was really tough to do two shows on the saturday go in and do my uh my radio show on the sunday morning and then go in and do a mat a, a late matinee of uh, a four o'clock matinee yeah. in the afternoon uh i could do it because it meant i had 24 hours off we uh-huh. didn't do monday shows so i know i need a full 24 hours mm off so what we what i'm not going to do is play mondays okay so i'll play tuesday to saturday still doing the matinees but uh, i won't be playing on the mondays and um 
so I'll still be doing the radio show on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is hard enough after a two show day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I can deal with that. But two evenings off, I think I think I'll be able to deal but, with. But I mean, look, you just have you still have this incredible excitement with appalling life. It's it's wonderful to see. You know, just even like standing, standing in the wings with you going off the concerts and stuff, and you're like, you can't wait to get out there. I love being in a company. Yeah. I yeah, love it's a great feeling, that. isn't it? You know, it's 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 the best feeling. You know, you know what it's like. We become family for yeah. the time we're, we're we're there. We can't remember anyone's name six months later. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we yeah. Contract but, show contract uh, friends, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. And and it's it's my lifestyle. I love it. I absolutely love it. And the fact that every night is fresh and it's a new audience and that you get better. You get a chance to do something for a period of time so you can really develop. Yeah. Well, we did we did an, an episode of this podcast with a guy called Gary Janetti who wrote the sitcom Vicious with um, Ian McKellen and Derek Jacobin. Oh, yeah. And um, he said, he was quoting Ian. He asked Ian, why did you do this? You know, why I wrote this with you in mind, but I didn't really think you would say yes. Why did you do it? And he said, because it scares me. And was, that's fascinating. For a guy at the time in his late 70s now, of course, 80, 81, to be doing things because they scare him, because it pushes him out of his comfort zone. Yeah. He's about yeah. to tour in Mother Goose, for God's sake. I mean, amazing. He went into Coronation Street. You know, <laughs> Gandalf is in Corrie. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, and of course, like like all three of us, he, he even appeared in Les Mis briefly, didn't he, on tour? Yes. Well, yeah, after meeting somebody in a pub saying, oh, I'll come and do it tonight. And then he went and did it. I mean, that's wonderful. You know, yeah. And, and, and I'll have to say this, Michael, but you're like the Ian McKellen of musical theatre. <laughs> you know there's one more thing we want to talk about and of course we have to because people will listen to this wondering when we're going to mention the other b in ball and bow mr alfie bow yeah now your new album uh together in vegas are you touring that no we won't um we my dance card's full yeah so i i won't uh, we will. I don't think we'll be back on the road until 2024, and probably the end of 24. All oh, right. Because um, I've planned uh, a, a new solo album, yeah. which will happen at the beginning of 24, and I'll probably try and fit in a, a solo tour then. Yeah. I've got his own projects that he's doing. Uh-huh. So I don't think, and it's a real shame, actually, we've done this a bit arse about face, because of all the albums that we've done, nothing lends itself more this music to performing live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so when we go up when we do go back out on the road and start doing concerts again, then a lot of the music that we've done on this album will be appearing. Yeah. 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 Um and it, it's genuinely I say that it's it's the easiest album we've ever recorded together. Yeah. We understand how each other works now. Um it was the most fun and I think it's it's musically the best album we've done. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. It, okay. It's really co- it's really cohesive uh, piece, yeah. And so, how if you're not to- if you're not touring it, then how are you promoting it? Oh yeah, we we've, we've just filmed. Uh, we we went to Vegas for two weeks, yeah, and took a documentary uh, crew with us. Oh, right. Great. So there's there's a TV. I, we're not announcing it yet, but I don't care. I'm announcing it now. Well, this, I mean, this is hang on. This is coming out like mid December. When's the TV show coming out? Probably the end of November. So oh well, we can talk about it now then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we made this. We made this uh, TV special, which is looking at our visit to um, to our ve- to Vegas, and also performing a lot of the songs live in situ oh, in really? Vegas. Oh, what a lot of fun! In really odd places. 
That yeah, sounds it like a brilliant. a brilliant working holiday. That you it's know, a jolly, it's, yeah. yeah, exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. It's it's like a travelogue uh, <laughs> with music. Where did and where did you stay? Did you say it in my nice? Stayed at the Venetian. Oh, that's where Phantom played, wasn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah, that's I saw Phantom there. Yeah, yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. The one where you have Venice on the third yeah, floor. Yeah, into like, like go around on the little gondolas and stuff. Go yeah. on the gondola, go yeah. to St. Mark's Square at any time of the day or night. It's twilight and beautiful. And it's got like a sky on the inside. It's got a sky on That's the right. View. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really trippy. Yeah. It's really trippy. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. It's great. I loved yeah. it. I mean, two weeks is too long. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got three days yeah. is enough in Vegas. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a sort of attack of the senses. Well, I'm not surprised that you can't find time in your schedules to do at all because me and John find it hard as it is to to find two hours to record these podcasts and we're not <laughs> yeah. anywhere near as busy no, as you no. and Bo. So the fact yeah. that you're even thinking about squeezing a tour in, in 2024 is incredible to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a confession to make, Michael. Oh God, here we go. go on, you won't remember this because why would you? But we've, we, we have actually met twice. I know we said we've met once. But when I was when I was twenty, I was cast as Marius right. in Les Mis in the West End, and you were doing Hairspray at the, at the time. Yeah, and I went to see it, and because I was new to the industry, it was my first West End job, and I thought, oh, Michael, Michael will care <laughs> that I've just been cast <laughs> <laughs> as Marius. Yeah, and I just went. Well, it wasn't that you didn't care, but I, I just sort of saw it as, a, as, as a way for me to be like. I, I went to the stage door and sort of like hung back as if I wasn't one of the ones that just wanted to meet you. <laughs> and just like, uh, yeah, I'm on like a level. Like he'll, he'll chat to the fans, but then I'll get to be like, hey, Marius's, you know? Yeah. Um, and you were so nice. You were like, oh, well done. Brilliant. Have a great time. And I was like, any tips? I was so, my, my voice was like quaking. Like, you know, you meet someone. Oh, I was so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> and you were just like, oh, just enjoy it or something. Just some nice, perfect thing to say to someone that you've never met and is playing the role 30 years or whatever after you did. But were you allowed to do the, uh, the Michael Ball lick? Nobody's allowed to do it. I don't believe anyone's allowed to do it. No, they're not. Well, John cared came in and did a, a session with us for a, around the 25th anniversary time. And he explained how your, your lick was worked and was relevant and made sense within the story. He was like, you know, no one should do a, a riff for, for riff's sake. Right. But when it's, when it's that warmth and that she's not there, you know, <laughs> it, like, it totally made sense. It makes sense in the context. And he, he, he used you as an example of when oh, a riff nice. should be used. Yeah. Oh, I thought the Michael Ball lick was somebody's here. I thought that was the Michael Ball lick. Nobody's <laughs> allowed to do that. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't allowed to. No one's allowed to do either. (laughs) (laughs) You got away with murder. So to come back, come back to the book a little bit now. And, and, you know, so Bill Barlow, um, he's no relation to Ken, is he? No, no. no. Did that ever cross your mind when you named the character? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know the hardest thing about writing this is is looking for names? Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, you think? Oh, and not just the name, but names of the city. I, I, you know, what am I going to call the city? What, what, what's the fictional um, county that it's in? Uh-huh. Who's this character going to be called? So a lot of the characters are, ba- are named after people that I know. Yeah. Um, two of the characters, uh, Lady Lillian and uh, Agnes. Uh, my grandmother's name was Agnes Lillian, and oh. she was, and she was known as Lil, yeah. but her real name was Agnes. 
And my niece is called Agnes Lillian. So I thought, well, there's two brilliant names for two strong yeah. women. Yeah. Grace is, is uh, uh, my step-granddaughter. And I thought, I thought, what's the best name for a hero? And Jack Treadwell. Well, I thought, <laughs> you know, that's, that says that's, hero. Yeah. I mean, that's almost Dickensian, isn't it? Yeah. It's treading the boards. It's got a subtle nod. Exactly. To that as well. And then for my baddie, I was going to call him... Um, Alfie. Oh. <laughs> I was going to call him Edgar, but Edgar is a goodie and Edmund is a baddie. Yes, that's very Shakespearean, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, well, it, well it, yeah. from King Lear. Yeah. King Lear is my favourite Shakespeare play. Best moment I've had in a theatre watching a production when I was 14 with Donald Sindon as uh, as Lear and Judy Dench was Reagan and it was wow. a, a, Trevor wow. Nunn directed it. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You know, for a 14 year old kid to, to be ranting about Shakespeare, it was just brilliant. Um, so I thought, yeah. oh, Edmund, it's got to be Edmund. He's the bad. Yeah. So what's the name of the city then? I haven't read the book yet. I'll probably get it on my Christmas list because I, I read voraciously. I'm a, like a serial reader. As soon as I finish one book, I start the next. Now, I'm currently in the middle of Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel, which is amazing. Oh, have you not read it before? No, no, no. I've, I saw the TV show and it's it's extraordinary writing. Um, and, you know, she got the Booker Prize twice. So is that something in your future, maybe? Oh, I mean, it's bound to happen. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking we might we might go straight for the Pulitzer. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Or, and here's an idea. Have you ever thought of writing a musical about the book? Well, wouldn't that be nice? No, I think the book is... Because um, it's it, there are so many characters. It's like, I mean, mind you, we did it with Les Mis, so there's quite a few characters in that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I think it will lend itself to a, a, a TV series. Oh, great. Yeah, that's, it sounds like the perfect Sunday night television thing, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of, that would be a dream. Yeah. I love things that are set in theatres. It never fails uh, to see a theatre on TV. There was a beautiful thing I watched a couple of days ago, uh, Louis Theroux interviewing Judy Dench. But it's just lovely. There's a moment in a theatre and it's just so, they're so romantic, aren't they? That's why it's such a great place to do a yeah. romantic novel. Yeah. And kind of scary. And when they're empty, they're the loneliest places on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, the atmosphere is in them and the wonderful. Yeah. The privilege that we have, actually. Do you know what? My wife said this, and it was something that I'd not thought about. She went, it was while we were watching this thing, she said, it's such a privilege, isn't it, to be able to be in a theatre when there's not other people in it? Yeah, yeah. Sort of, yeah. God, it and do you remember, all, all three of us will remember this, of course, because we've all worked on Broadway, at the end of the show when they put a ghost light, a single light bulb on a stand on the stage, yeah. and then you have your guests meet you on stage and you know, friends of the cast and come and stand yeah. there. And I, I've, uh, I often used to hang around after everyone had left, just stand there and soak up that, you know, the, the vibrations in the air of the history of the yeah. building, you know, with that ghost light and the auditorium and the stage. It really is very magical. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a perfect opportunity now. We've talked about so many different aspects of your career. So why don't you tell us, what is your choice for your last show on Earth? There's a, there's a huge asteroid hurtling towards the Earth. It's going to kill us all. And this is your last chance to see something you really want to see. What is it? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, I've been lucky. I've th- th- There are three brilliant, well, more than that, but three that really stick out, um, special gala performances uh-huh. that I've been involved with. Hey, Mr. Producer. Uh, a tribute to, to Cameron, yeah. um, Andrew Lloyd Webber's 50th birthday at the Albert Hall, and very recently, old friends at the Sondheim Theatre, tribute to Sondheim. Mm-hmm. So I want to be part, I, I, you know, you can't, I can't choose the musical I want to see, the one single musical. So if it's my last night, I want to get a flavour of all of them. I want yeah. all the hits and more. Um, with all the best casts that were ever around. Why not? Yeah. And, and shove them all in. And I also, I don't just want to watch it. I want to be in it. Great. Um, <laughs> and I want yeah. to really, and, I, and also I want to go to the party afterwards that Cameron is putting on. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. They are, the party after Hey Mr. Producer was incredible. Yeah, he knows how to do it, doesn't he? I was there. I was there. I saw Hey Mr. Producer at the Lyceum in, was it 1998? Uh, I was there in the audience. I remember... There was a few standout things for me. And again, I'm blowing smoke up your ass. It was your performance of Losing My Mind. I loved that. Oh. Uh, I loved everything Bernadette did. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Julie Andrews. And she, you know, rocks up. It's like, it's immense. And I met so many people, so many people I've always wanted to meet afterwards in the party. Yeah. It was yeah. incredible. But before we get into more detail about your last show, um, I have to say thank you because you... I have told you this, um, you were kind of one of the inspirations for this podcast, because when we did Les Mis together in 2019, and I was I was a bit bored wait, waiting backstage, and I popped in to annoy you in your dressing room, as I often did, and um, I just thought, oh, what, what show would you like to see before you die? You know, like, as in, what's your last supper, you know? And then it yeah. became a whole conversation I had with so many different people backstage, and you were the first one I asked that, and you gave me a different answer. I wish I could remember it. I asked lots of other people, and they all had different answers. And then the podcast, this podcast, was born. So it's partly thanks to you. There is no, um, there's no commission available, though. I should. You, I should knew, say you that. literally yeah. knew my next question. Uh, my <laughs> He's opening his mouth to us. But, um, but hey, Mr. Producer. Well, hey, Mr. Producer. Hey, Mr. Producer was the access DVD for a lot of people into musical theatre, uh-huh. myself included. Yeah. It was, it was and my... also there's that one and the tenth anniversary Les Mis. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 very much so. Yeah, which was another incredible yeah. night. I'd quite like to do that but again, again. Those are the those those are the two that we had on. Um, I think we had Les Mis on video, and then yeah. we yeah. got a bit we got a bit posh and had the DVD of Hey, Mr. Producer. And then, oh, right, there was yeah. that lovely, I, I remember it so well. Which is, I've not watched it since I was 15 or something. But I remember it so vividly. There was the moment when they did um, Isn't He Rich? When um, when it was uh, Stephen Sondheim yes. and Andrew at the piano. And Andrew, oh, and yeah, we yeah, repeated yeah. that. that. That was repeated in the Old Friends 
Yeah, um, it's brilliant. That's a glorious moment, a glorious. And then, moment. and then oh, there was, of course, there was the there was little shop with um, what's her name? The play Audrey, Ellen Green, Ellen Green yeah. coming back. You know, there was all these. Who I last saw at six in the morning dancing on the grand piano at. Uh, uh, Cameron's offices. We trashed his office. We, he threw a party afterwards. Yeah. Like, this is the best story. She's going to murder me. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> we had uh, uh, the party afterwards was at Joe Allen's. So the yeah. show is at, is at the Lyceum. Joe Allen's, obviously, you know where Joe Allen's. Yeah, it's just around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not even around the corner. It's like opposite stage door, basically. And and and, and Cameron says, right, I've taken Joe Allen's. Everyone in there for a party afterwards. Mm. And Elaine Page goes, well, I'll need a car. And oh, they're come going, on. I swear to God, I swear to God, I'll need a car. <laughs> and um, <laughs> oh, there'd been so much banter backstage going on anyway, because yeah. all the women are put into, you know, you've got Maria Friedman, Julie McKenzie and Julie Andrews. And Judy and, Dench and Bernadette and Peters all in the same dressing room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a really brilliant atmosphere. Julie Andrews came up to me in the interval, and I'd just done um, uh, the Phantom section. She went, yeah. oh, that's lovely. Would you like a cup of tea? And I went, yes, please, Julie. Milk? Yes, please, Julie. Sugar? Just a spoonful, Julie. <laughs> 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 but, but, and I don't take sugar. I just had to say it. Anyway, so we come to the party at the end of uh, the thing, and she's going, Elaine's going, I'll need a car. They're going, Elaine, it's such a, I don't care. I won't be able to go unless I have a car. Oh and literally, hilarious. they called the car. Bob West. Yeah. Oh, Uncle Bob, Lover, yeah. yeah. Opened the door for the cab to Elaine. She got in, closed the door, went round the other side, opened the door <laughs> and went, there you go, love. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's fantastic. It was, what an image. <laughs> and she saw the funny side of it, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, that's, that's wonderful. That's but wonderful. that party, we we there we were at Joe Allen's, I think, till about two, three in the morning. Then mm -hmm. went back to One Bedford Square, which is yes. Cameron McIntosh's offices. And the, I remember at eight thirty in the morning, Cameron and I, arm in arm, walking down to go and get breakfast in Soho. Good Lord, you'd been up all and night. All, I mean, wow. and trashed the place. Yeah, people okay. were coming in in the morning and finding things in their top drawer that they really shouldn't be finding. <laughs> was, it was carnage. One of the greatest parties of all time. So you want to just basically recreate that amazing night you had for Hey yeah. Mr. Producer. I think yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be Hey Mr. Producer. Yeah. Because um I was able we, we were able to look at uh, Phantom and Miss Saigon and and an amazing yeah, Hugh Jackman was on and none of, yeah. none of us had ever heard of Hugh no, Jackman. No, no, it's just Oklahoma, yeah. 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 So he's on there doing that. I'm put as a sandwich between Judy Dench seeing Sending in the Clowns and <laughs> Bernadette Peters being alive. Yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that whole, that whole Sondheim section was my favourite bit of the show. Yeah, it was beautiful. You know, there were so many brilliant things. It was a wonderful evening. And I was on tour with Les Mis at the time. And it fell on a Sunday night. So I came back to London specifically to watch it. And I had a wonderful time. It was wonderful. I, I mean, so many incredible people just on that yeah. show and yeah, the other yeah. two. But was there anyone that you would love to have had there? Like a, like a dream cast member that you could have? Angela Lansbury. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Angela. Would would have been 
extraordinary to do that. Okay, um, she, she, he must have been asked, surely. I mean, but maybe just not able to for whatever not able reason. To, prob- yeah. Probably filming murder she wrote or something. Yeah. yeah. Guess so yeah, not able like to this. get away. Um, yeah, I think that would have been... I love the idea of revisiting all the original cast of things. So, yes. um, But it's got to be from that. So we had Colm. Yeah. We had, uh, yeah, a lot of the original people yeah. from Patty. Les Mis turned up. Patty Johnson Price. Yeah. Lee Salonga. Yeah. Jackman, Joe Riding, Ruthie, Ruthie Henschel. Oh, Tom Lehrer. I mean, what a legend. Didn't Cilla Black turn up? Was, was that was Cilla Black? In the audience, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's, the one, what's the one where she did, um, uh, where they did... Um... Oh, that was a Royal Variety show, where they where her and Paul O'Grady and um, Barbara Windsor... I was on that one. I was on that Royal Variety. Right. They did They did. Gotta Have a Gimmick. Yes, that's it. That's what I'm thinking of. That's something, something a bit different. Did they really? Oh, my God, yeah. that sounds insane. Yeah, yeah, you need to see insane. it. You need, like, you need to Google that. that Scylla, is... Scylla Black pretending to be a stripper. That's <laughs> She also nailed it, by the way. She was great oh, yeah. at it. Yeah. yeah. She it killed was, it. it and I, was, I was on that show. Okay. I remember watching them. How many Royal Varieties have you done? You must. I've done two. You must have done half a dozen at least. Yeah, six, I think. I've done one. <laughs> I've done one. Oh, have you only done one? Oh, you'll get there eventually. Yeah. But John, John. John, who are we going to cast as Chris in Miss Saigon in the excerpt from that? Because we had David Campbell mm. oh, yeah. in Australia. Which I did amazing. his telly show when we were down there. Oh, yes, yeah, when we were down there just now. Yes, of course you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Can you think of anyone really good? Um, I don't know. We could bring Simon Bowman out of retirement, I suppose. Yeah, or... that would be nice. Oh, God, yeah. There's lords, there's lords, but nothing is jumping into my brain. Yeah. No, nothing's, nothing at all. Nothing's jumping into my brain. Nothing no, really. Nothing at no. all. no. No one. No. That's a shame. Do you, I don't can know. you think of anyone wanna... that could play Chris? Off the oh, top so... of my head? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I don't want to say who I think it should be. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bear yeah. in mind, it's got to be someone credible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then def- well, then I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, mate, you were brilliant in that. Thank you. I remember meeting yeah. you at the party. I, and I, I, I loved that production. I loved it more than the original production, if I'm honest. Oh, really? Oh, really? Um, that, okay, I really that's, did. That's interesting. Yeah. I remember you saying saying some very lovely things at the party, which, by the way, was also a very good party down at um, yeah. Somerset House. It was, yeah. wasn't it? With the, with all the fireworks and things. He he's always it, he's very he? good at it, isn't he? Can't he knows how to do it. Oh, John Michael yeah, was very yeah. very. Michael was very sweet to my mum. He sort of said said well done and thank you. And he was about to leave. And I'm not saying he. I'll just say you. We're about to leave. <laughs> and um, I said and, and I said to you, I'm so sorry, but my mum has like all of your albums. Would you mind meeting her? And and you, I, I remember you said to me, what's her name? And I said, Eileen. And you came over and you went, Eileen! As if you'd known her <laughs> for 30 years. It was so glorious. And her face, it was like a teenager meeting Harry Styles. Or she was so starstruck. As Michael knows, he did that to my mother a couple of times. And my mother was absolutely besotted with him. But she hated Alfie, so she never got into a ball and bowl. <laughs> um, I mean, she had told you this before, Michael. She had a picture of me, you, and her. And to fit it into a frame, she folded me out of the picture. So it was just you and her. Bless her. That is great. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> folded, folded around the back of the... And I was like, what the hell, ma'am? And she's like, oh, I've got enough pictures of you, and I? So I'm like, yeah, I've only got one picture of me and Michael Paul. So, um, bless oh, her. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've got your so we've got your show. It's Hey Mr. Producer to be recreated. 
plus Angela Lansbury. Is there any, any yeah, anybody yeah. else you want to shove in there before we move on? Oh, God, I want everyone. We can also, you can be in it and watch it, by the way. There's no reason why you can't sit there and enjoy it. Oh, I'm so in it. Yeah. I'm so in it. Yeah. And I want to play Marius Angia there. And, I think you can with uh, those two, can't you? Pretty much. I don't... And do you know what? I want to play Chris in Miss Saigon as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then you can do it then. So we reached the interval of your last show on Earth. You've seen the first okay. half of Hey, Mr. Producer. And yeah. you're going to have a little drink to whet your whistle for Act Two. What would your interval drink be? Well, if I'm performing, it would be a nice cup of tea. Yeah. Um, have you ever done a show when you've had a drink? Yes, I have. Have you? I was doing Taboo in London, the, the revival of Taboo um, in Brixton. And um, and we got given, it was like the 29th of December, and we got given a last minute evening show, right? On cool. on New Year's Eve. They went, actually, actually we're going to add a show in the evening. And we were like, you bastards, you know. Um, we were all going to have a nice night and we had the day off the next day, but they shoved in this random show and we were all just like a bit annoyed. We get there and there's 13 people in the audience. Oh my God. And so we all just went, oh, sod this. It's New Year's Eve. <laughs> there's no one in. We're having a drink. So in the interval, we, we we were playing drinking games. We just, screw it. You know, I mean, that's the one situation where I didn't even feel bad about it. I was like, look, half the audience, bearing in mind there was 13 of them, were drunk anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like they knew what they were in for. Yeah, they knew that what they were in for. time I've done it that one time. Yeah. yeah, when I was doing Woman in White, Fosco's last moment was um, about half an hour before the end of the show. Yeah, I'd go on for those bios steaming, absolutely <laughs> steaming because I'd come up. I'd got a, I was with um, lovely Joe Miles, was the stage manager. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so we'd go, oh, it's done now, isn't it? So we would open a bottle and we'd sit there and I would be flying. But I've never done a, an actual performance, Swiffy. Yeah. Well, one, but I'm not going to talk no, about it. No, we really can't. Yeah. That was yeah. in my first show in Godspell. Oh, yeah. At the at the Aberystwyth Art Centre. Aberystwyth at Theatre of Wedding. Very funny, yeah. Oh. Which, you know what, I did a gig there this year. Um, yeah. And everyone says, "Oh, you know, Michael. He started his career here, <laughs> well, and it's true. Yeah. First time I got you know, paid, and it's like that. They they bring it up to every musical theatre guest that ever goes there. I'm sure. Oh, lovely. So, um, yeah. So you want my drink? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, so you have a cup of tea if you're in the show. I'll always have a cup of tea if yeah. it's. But if I'm going to go, I don't know. Are we getting? A, yeah, Anything you can have whatever you want. You want. It's, it's literally your ideal drink. Don't forget the world's ending. Take whatever you want and have it. Okay. I'll probably... Well, I'll have a few. I'll have... <laughs> God, literally a man that loves everything. Yeah. Um, I think I'll either have an old-fashioned or a Negroni. Mm. One of okay. each. One of each. Yeah. I'll have one of each, and then we'll have a nice bottle of... A nice bottle of Dom Perignon. Yeah, why, why not? not? It's yeah. a very popular choice, champagne, of course, but um, because of course, well, because it's the last, it's the last show. It's the you want yeah. that taste yeah. in your mouth. Yeah, you? yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. the last night of the world. It is. It's the last yeah. midnight. How many more can we do? Uh, I can't think of any. Yeah. The party's over. <laughs> I save the last walls for you. Please don't sing, John. Uh, I want. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my mother said when she saw us in concert together. <laughs> so, 
So a Negroni is an interesting choice because it's like I think oh, it's so bitter. I can't. It's just no. I mean, whether you're making it wrong, you've got to blend the Campari and the Martini. Yeah. I'm not making it. I'm like I'm talking in cocktail bars when I go and have them. I just find it. I haven't quite that reached that stage where I can enjoy a Negroni. My wife loves it. I've only just got into gin and tonic, and they're they're as bitter as I'll go. But a Negroni is just too much. You've got the palate of an 18 year old boy, though, John. Yeah. You still like your blue WKD, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mad Dog 2020 or my Taboo and Lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> which is what I was drinking, which is what I was drinking that night. And that's true. My mum bought me a bottle for Christmas because she thought it would be funny because I was in Taboo. She bought me a bottle of Taboo. And that's what I drank in the interval of Taboo that, that famed night. Yeah. Oh, horrible. But you've, so you've got your interval drinks. So Negroni, uh, what was the first one? Uh, old um, fashioned, old which fashioned. I, I love an old fashioned or champagne, and then of course you know where are you watching this? Is, is it going to be the Lyceum, or are you going to have you're going to have it in any venue you want? Oh no, yeah, I think it's it's it, uh, it's got to be a theatre because mm-hmm. um, those things work. I mean, we, we, the one we did at the Albert was was amazing, but no, I want it to be in a theatre. Yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll go to the Palladium actually. Nice. Why not? Where you did chitty. I love the, the Palladium. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I mean, uh, have you yeah. been there since the refurb? I was there last night. Oh, what were you doing last I night? I went to see, uh, uh, at the Palladium, I went to see um, uh, Noel Fitzpatrick. Oh, and Patrick Fitznoel. But uh, I've, d- I've done... Noel Fitzpatrick and his Irish boyfriend, Patrick Fitznoel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. So I saw... <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so I saw the bionic vet do his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've been there since they refurbed it. Huge, yeah. Uh, loads of times. I did my charity concert for Shooting Star there uh earlier in the year yeah and um but i haven't yet been to the theater royal drury lane which everyone says oh is it's oh it's way better than it the next level it's absolutely gorgeous what they've done yeah it really is and i'm there on sunday oh fact. going to see frozen with my oh, mum yeah. and my niece oh that would be lovely oh. Little yeah. treat. how old's your niece yeah she's nine perfect oh perfect yeah, yeah 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 wow and she's obsessed with it and been singing it you know, from the age of four, sending me videos of her singing <laughs> Let It Go. So, um, I was going to ask you a question, actually, Michael. Have you ever sung that song? Have you recorded it or performed it? Let It Go? Let It Go? No, I haven't. Oh, I'm sure it's just a matter of time. You've done every other fucking song in the world, haven't you? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, now. Yeah, yeah. No, don't you know make him sing always, now. Do you know a song that always stuck with me from the album? My mum had the album in the car, and we used to go shopping on a Saturday, and she used to be like, right, let's, let's get out. And I'd be like, no, I'm going to wait in the car. This was, again, this was before anyone knew I liked theatre. And I would, she would be like, really? We're going to be gone for an hour. I was like, yeah, I'll see you in an hour. And I'd wait in the car and then I'd turn on the album and um, I would sing along. <laughs> and my favourite one to sing along to was The Boy From Nowhere. Oh, oh yeah. What a song. What a song. What's it from? What a It's from a music, it was, it was, the song was a hit for Tom Jones. Yeah, it's from Matador, wasn't it? Matador? It's from Matador, musical called Matador, uh, which was, I think, the first thing that John Barrowman did with Stephanie Powers. Bloody Uh, Who I saw recently at Leslie Brookes' memorial, Stephanie Powers. Oh, wow. I had a massive crush on her when I was a kid. Oh, didn't we all? My God. She was gorgeous. Ah, yeah, sure. Um, Then then when I met her at Leslie Brookes', it was Moira. It was not great. literally, of course. Leslie Brickus died of natural causes. <laughs> um, so, uh, sorry, the show, the show was a bit shite, uh, if I'm honest. Mm. 
but that song was uh, oh, me- oh, glorious! Yeah, I used to sit in my car. Another dawn. No, yeah, beautiful. Oh, I used great. to look because it really roused. Do you start it down the octave at the beginning? I don't remember. It's cool. Yes, the slow version. Your, whatever your version is, that's the only version I've ever heard. Okay. Um, well, if you're not a Tom, do it. No, you must have a Tom. Forget, to this it. album, this album was literally my. I can't remember what the album was called. It was you wearing a, a very comfortable-looking jumper and sort of smiling like this. <laughs> so like, um, I, I would take a punt at the best of Michael Ball. No, it wasn't. I think that one is. Is it up close and personal? That sounds like it could be that. It was. It was boyfriend nowhere. You did. Um, oh, what a circus! Oh, what a show! Oh, it's the musicals. Oh, is it? Oh, there we go then. Oh yes, I can I can picture that um, album cover now as myself. So yeah, I know. Exactly well, no, which one well, no, centre stage, centre stage. Hang on, Cent- let me just check. I'm just looking it up online. Centre stage album, Michael Ball. It was you. Oh, it was, if, if if memory serves, I don't know if it does. It might not. It might just be something I've created in my head, which would be even weirder if it was. You're sort of doing this, like with your teeth. Like... I do that on nearly all of my album <laughs> covers. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to say uh, it's actually called Encore. Oh, oh well, that's a comp- that's an odd comp- It's a compilation. Okay, that might have been what it was, though. It might have been like a. I think it was a two disc or something, or it was like a, a mega collection. So it might have been past and present. Uh, oh. No, that was the live one, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a glo- that's a good album, actually. I'm googling it now. That's a Sorry. very good album. I've got there's a lot of album covers here, Michael, which I'm looking at. Which I've got to say, there's a pattern emerging from every shot on the front where you look like you're either in the middle of or just about to bite your nails. <laughs> that's, what I was just, that's what I was just doing, that so, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, we are more than one, 2021. Look at no, this, your is going, this is way back. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, lo- I'm just looking at the ones where, uh, or oh, you're holding an invisible microphone. Or, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll put a Spotify link to your album so people can judge for themselves. But yeah. 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 yeah I yeah, think yeah, it yeah. was about, I think it would have been probably around the 2003 mark, maybe 2002, three, four. Anyway, it was my introduction. It was my introduction. I remember. Sorry, one more thing about one more thing from the past, and I'll shut. I'll stop fawning. It was. I remember there was a, a cycle path from my house going to my centre stage, which was my little Amjam group that I did in my hometown, and it, it had no lights on it, and it was winter, and for some reason I wanted to scare myself, so I put my ear. I put my earphones in and put your version of Phantom of the Opera because that was the only CD I had, my mum's CD of yours into my Walkman and cycled full speed in the dark <laughs> down with the, with <laughs> da, 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 da. It was the weirdest, most surreal thing I ever did, but it was really fun. I was so scared. <laughs> Couldn't hear anything else. That's so weird. <laughs> really weird. That's so it? weird. Yeah. Talking of weird things, let's do what three words. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill and put Michael Ball, what are your three words? Blamange, Spirogyra, Bonk. <laughs> and what's the third one? Bonk. 23. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill and put he's a real 
wordsmith Give him three words and he can say How many letters they contain right away What three words have you heard That you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard That you'd really like to challenge Al with? Well, can I just say bonk is one of my favourite words. That's absolutely yes, brilliant. Word. It's brilliant. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Usually the, the third one's a really long word. Yeah. I mean, um, Matt Lucas's three words were, oh, where's Alfie? <laughs> <laughs> which, was, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. John loved that. I've heard that before. <laughs> and I, I didn't have an answer. And I never do when people ask no, me. No, no. So, yeah. He could be anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so look, we uh, we really, literally could talk to you forever, but we've got to get towards the end of this because we all have lives to lead. Um, so let's get on very quickly then to your plus one. Who would you go and see this last show with? You see, I would say Cathy, mm. but she's not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> she came to see... She came to the... Um, old friends, and she was sat in the audience. She came with Noel Fitzpatrick. That was her date. Yeah. And afterwards, and, and it was in a brilliant evening. Yeah. It was. It was. And she went. She, I said, you, "What did you think?" She said, "Well, it's it's all right if you like that sort of thing." Oh, amazing, amazing. <laughs> and so my wife's just, my wife's the same. She she doesn't care. So it's mine. Mine's and it's the, the best way to have it. It's no, the best same. way to have it. She went. She she went. She went up to Steve. Uh, um, I think it was when we were doing Passion. And she, she said to him, do you know the reason why you're not quite as popular as you should be over here? God, Lord. And he went, no, what? Because you have those awful people singing your songs. You have to stop David Kern and Millie Martin and the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. She said, it, it, it just, it's so... Twee and silly, and they're really good songs. That's but you that's just... amazing. <laughs> I love how how little our but our partners care. Mine's exactly the same. She just yeah. couldn't care. Yeah. She was obsessed with um, Sweeney. Loved that. Um, uh, Aspects obviously was was the reason we met. Your hairspray, bri- you know. But sometimes she's never quite yeah. related. So I don't know if it's. I should take her. Of course, I should take her. Well, look, you can have another... If you've got someone else in mind, you can have a plus two. There's no rules. Well, are you up for anything, boys? <laughs> let's come. Yeah, let's all go. Yeah, it yeah. It would be my dream. I would love to see that live. It'd be great. There you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. It was you a glorious come with night. me. Thank you. But, so, okay, so then, can we all go to the restaurant afterwards with you as well? Where would you like to go? Oh, God. Um... And it doesn't have to be anywhere near the Palladium. It could be any restaurant... What we really want you to say in this question, the answer to it should be a dream place that you loved that you went to. I know exactly where we're going. I know exactly where we're going. We're going to that place you took us to in Australia. Uh, Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Charcoal Fish. Charcoal Fish in Sydney, sat outside in the warm, eating the most incredible food ever with great company. Um, That's where we're going for dinner. That was that was fantastic, though, wasn't it? Amazing. It really was. It's it's just the world's best fish and chip shop, Alistair. It's like it's on my socials. I'll I'll post yeah, a link to that, it. Isn't that the place that you took a boat to get there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In wow. Rose Bay, just outside Sydney. Oh. Um, and and the, it was a dark night. It wasn't particularly warm, but it was it wasn't cold. We sat outside. 
you know, you know, we drove past on the what do you call it? sailed past, not, not drove, bang bang. sailed past the Opera House <laughs> and the bridge, and you know, and it was just glorious, it was magic, Glo- and, and the, the food was fantastic. We ordered yeah. everything yeah. on the menu, pretty much, yeah. and it, it's, it's not just fish and chips. I mean, it was off the scale. It was a beautiful yeah. night, John. Yeah, and oh, it was one goodness. of the first nights. I think was it not the first night we were there, or the second night. Yeah, second night, and it kind of yeah, it was glorious. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, Australia is, was a wonderful experience. I, you know, I look forward to repeating it at some point if possible. But you know, yeah. they'll, they'll give it to Alfie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll probably, will, I'll probably will be too busy setting up this last show for you. <laughs> you know, getting, getting calling all happen. these people. Will you come and do this again for Michael? Yeah, yeah. Um, right, Although not dear Angela, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But of course, yeah. if she was in it with you, she could be your plus one and go to the restaurant with you afterwards. Yeah. Did you did you ever meet her, Angela Lansbury? I did. There's a one of my favourite pictures uh, when I was hosting the Olivier Awards, and I'm stood next to uh, Barry Manilow in the wings, <laughs> and Steve Sondheim is receiving his fellowship, and as yeah. a surprise, Angela had come along to come Shit, on. Shit, I was there. I, I was there that night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and she, you can see her hiding behind us. So there's just her eyes, which are the most memorable yeah. eyes, imagine, yeah. just yeah. peeking over our shoulders to watch Steve so we can then send her on when it's her moment. So we hang yeah. out for a bit. She was exactly what she was meant to be. Uh, she did was... she sing liaisons at that? Liaisons. I think she did, you know. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. But I was, I, I'm pretty sure I performed Phantom that night there, I think. Yeah, I think it was that one. I've done a couple of them. Um, but actually, do you know what? This is a now we're talking about Angela. I, I suspect that she will be the answer to your um to the celebrity question that we've had sent in. Really? Yeah, I suspect she will be because I've heard the question, of course, because I have to vet when we get these celebs to message in, they leave a little voice note and I check that it's you know appropriate and everything. Um and I I've listened to this. I wonder if that will be her answer. So here we go. Here's the celebrity question. Ooh, it's the celebrity question. Ooh, who could it be? Who's the celebrity? Question from... Hello, Michael. It's lovely to talk to you. Uh, I wonder if you can stir my memory. Have we met? Um, of course, in my new role as king, I, I, I meet a lot of other people, and and, and 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 one should really remember if one has met another king, yourself, uh, the king of musical theatre, not the king of this fine country and its commonwealth as I am, but a king, nonetheless. One, one second. Yes, Camilla. No, I'm on the phone. Yes, Michael Ball, I told you. No, no, not Alfie Bow, just Michael. Yes, I'm happy about that too. <laughs> Sorry about that, Michael. Uh, I have a question for you. If you were to do a duet or song with anyone from history, who would it be? I know you did your television show where you did duets with lots of famous people, but is there is there one that got away? There we are. That was um, the king. king Charles. Yeah. The king. That. 
the king of our country for the king of musical theatre. There couldn't have been a more appropriate guest, really. I'm very annoyed um, he didn't remember the times we've met. Yes, yeah. I, look, he's been very busy the last <laughs> yes. few months, let's be honest. Yeah, he's, yeah, It yeah, sounds yeah. like he spent a little bit of time in Wales to me. Yes, well, of course. I mean, you know, yeah. he learned to speak a little bit of Welsh, yeah, Prince of Wales, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, his investor show was in Carnarvon Castle. So that's why he had a slight Welsh tinge to his accent, I think. (laughs) Now, um, so, yeah, so if there's anyone alive or dead that you could sing a duet with, who would it be? Barbara Streisand. So it's not Angela Lansbury, right, Okay, that's good. We've got a different angle to talk about now. Why Barbara Streisand? Absolutely obsessed with her and her voice. Um, When everyone was... uh, Well, we were at school... um, and everyone is is going on about punk was happening. I remember there was a, 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 a I was obsessed with the Star Is Born. Uh huh. Yeah, the, with Chris Christopherson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I so I started listening to her and her voice, and that fusion of an extraordinary instrument, uh. phrasing like nobody else, and an actor's approach to a song. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But with a, with a, an instrument like no other that that lent itself to the studio. Uh-huh. Uh Because a lot of musical theatre voices don't work so well um, uh, recorded as they do live. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, but hers is in both scenarios just the most incredible, beautiful yeah. instrument. Next level, isn't it? Yeah, and a, and a fabulous actor as well. Fabulous. Oh my god. On another yeah. level, and we'll take songs. You know, her her when she's a kid, her version of Happy Days. Ha, I mean, oh, she's just she absolutely amazing. What song would you sing? Oh God, oh, I could quite happily replicate. You don't bring me flowers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you know she sang well, a really nice duet with Brian Adams? I wish mm, I could remember the name of um, that. Uh, uh, it was called. Uh, 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 it was from... That sounds like This Is Your Life. <laughs> this is your life. <laughs> I'll find it. No, I've got it. I've got it on a playlist on my Spotify. I'll just find it. Yeah. Um... Oh, God. Why can't I find it now? Right. Uh, yes. Eamon Andrews presents Michael Ball and Barbara Streisand singing. I finally found someone. I finally found someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. That sounds, like that to sounds hear you, really appropriate too. I'd like to hear you sing um, a piece of Sky with her. And uh, she, taught me to, she taught me to sing long notes. It was in Enough is Enough with okay. uh, with Donna Summer. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I won't waste another and I taught myself to sing it as long as her and that's yeah, my, yeah, my yeah. long notes great answer oh that's funny because I, I mean I used Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden for the same thing really that's why I, that's, it's an interesting <laughs> isn't it but we both are kind of tre- treading the same path but that that the piece of sky my god I, I remember somebody saying asking her in an interview why do you do that and she said because I want to you know and he's like well yeah, because oh. you're Barbara Streisand, and you, and because when you do it, it is unbelievably magical. That's a re- I'm sure King Charles will be very happy with the answer to that question. Yeah, I bet he's a Streisand fan, isn't he? Oh, he's got to be. Now, talking of like obviously like great singers, there's another great singer out there, right? Um, who you know, we do this little bit, which when we started this podcast, we 
uh, we the first guest we had was Matt Lucas, and he did Shooting Stars, the TV show, and there, there was a thing on that where Vic Reeves used to sing as a pub singer, and people would have to find out what the song was. So we did that for Matt, and then that's now morphed into a more theatrical thing where I will sometimes do Mandy Patinkin impressions, but today your ears are going to be blessed with another wonderful singer that's not Barbara Streisand, but is in fact Josh Groban. You are going to sit back and enjoy the dulcet tones of Alistair Brammer's version of Josh Groban, and then you're going to tell us what the song is. This is called Josh Sings. Josh Groban, Josh Groban, you gotta try and guess at the song that he sings. Josh Groban, Josh Groban, you gotta try and get it, I really hope you get it. Josh Groban sings. Are you ready? Yeah. Cup money, man, man. And I like an open door. Every word like a fan of me. Every heart like a symphony. Good morning, Baltimore. One day when I take to the floor, the world can wake up and see. Oh, please let it end. Baltimore and me. <laughs> But oh, do you know what so I love about that? It's the fact that you have to turn your head to the left and almost yeah. touch your shoulder with your chin to recreate that sound. That's yeah. hilarious. I know, it's hard to do it normally. So I think I know what that song is. Can you tell us what that song is, Michael? Yes, that's Good Morning Baltimore, the opening song from Hairspray. Bravo. A show which, of course, is very close to your heart. That's... Which Josh needs to record now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, very, it's a very I, tricky I think one you need, to do. You need to round your vowels a bit more. What? Yeah, well, there's, there's no consonants there, so... <laughs> I'm trying to disguise the words, you see. Ah. What do you mean by rounds? Tell me what you mean. Maybe I can improve my technique. Well, here... He, he has oh, a... Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Good. Josh is a very nice guy. I've got to say, right, when oh, I was doing Limiz, he's a lovely guy. When I was doing Limiz on Broadway, I took over from Alfie and I'd asked them, is there any way we can just give this dressing room a bit of a zhuzh, you know? And they went, no, absolutely. There's no money for that. No, we absolutely can't. It's, it was done a couple of years ago. We're not changing it. Oh, OK, fine. And then Josh came in after I finished in Limiz and did a show there, The Great Comet, and they got an interior designer in gutted the whole thing. The thing was like a palatial, you know, it was glorious. I was like, I wish I was Josh Groban. Yeah. yeah. Can I be Sherry Offy? Go on. That's what I did at the Palladium. Really? When we went to when we went to do Chitty, uh, and it's all down to cat, uh, we went to do Chitty and um the dressing room one was the production office. Yeah. And they said this going to be yours and we'll try and do something and Kath walked in and said you're not having that on the opening night you're having people back she got interior design we had drapes we had mirrors <laughs> we had candles throws everything and it stayed like that until the refurb it looked amazing we did remove the um uh whirlpool bath that was in there for Yule Brinner <laughs> I've got to say, right, please write a memoir. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool. It's insane that you have the stories. And this, this dear listener at home listening to this is a very, very small scratch of the surface of the amount of stuff I've heard Michael Ball tell me about. The things that he has seen and done. It's oh. amazing. I want that memoir. I want that memoir. Who knows, one day. Yeah. Look, read the book. There's lots of things in there. Read the Empire. Yeah, so there's, there's things that happen in that book. 
that there's people some, you'll recognize. Yeah, and yeah, and there's stories that might have happened in real life which have been applied. So how many books? To get back to the book then. How many books have you actually got planned? Well, I'm, I'm writing the second one now. I don't know. It's I love I love sagas. You know, yeah. I love you know if you've got great characters, seeing where they where they are in years time and. And as it's the story of a theatre, it could go in the, in the 20s. We, I want to take it to the uh, Second World War, but we might take it to the point where Mecca Leisure take it over and it becomes a bingo hall. You oh, know, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why, Why not? not? I, yeah. I have no yeah. idea. It's it's a work in progress. The whole thing is, yeah. is, 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 and it's taken me by surprise. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, very exciting. So you've got a very exciting 2023 planned. And of course, the future is always golden in the eyes of Michael Ball, a new album, a new book, a new production in the West End. I mean, you know, the radio shows ongoing, uh, you know, doing Children in Need for BBC. Regularly on the one show it's, we see you all pop up yeah, on there all the it's time. It's immense, you know, for all for someone who couldn't handle a little bit of stage fright. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, let's do a wrap up and recap and let's get towards the end of this. Then. So, let, yeah, Alistair, please okay. give us a recap of Michael Ball's last show on Earth. Michael Ball, your last show on Earth is Hey, Mr. Producer, which you would like to watch at the Palladium. I assume you're, that you're going to enjoy your interval drink from your palatial dressing room backstage. Oh, wait, no, that, that was at the different theatre, wasn't it? No, that was the Palladium. No, the yeah. Palladium, yeah. Yeah. So you get to go, you can go and sit there. And interval well, if I'm in the audience, I'll be in the Royal Room with a select few. Ah, uh, very nice, very nice. So you want to see, hey, Mr. Producer, with all those amazing actors, including Maria Friedman, Ruthie Henshaw, Bernadette Peters, Patty Lapone, John Barrowman. The list goes on and on. If you if you look at hey, Mr. Producer on Wikipedia, you can see the cast list. Yeah, uh, uh, there's only one. Sorry, there's only one person who is is not allowed to be in it. Who's that? Uh, yeah. That's uh, Russ Abbott was in it, oh, uh, right. and everyone was in alphabetical order on the billing. So I had second billing because Russ Abbott came up with that me. So that is that, ladies and gentlemen, that is Michael Ball distilled into his very essence. <laughs> that very statement. That's the only reason why Russ Abbott's not allowed to come. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Or Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> well, then, well, Angela Lansby's safe because it's second yeah. name, so that's that's fine. Yeah, she, yeah, can, yeah. she can she can come, and then your your plus ones will be. Me and George, which I'm very, very pleased to be going with. Uh, Kathy and Angela as yeah. well. Yeah. You, you are Why plus not? four. Yeah. You're going to have a. Oh, I, 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 uh, well, I also want to, I want to sit next to Cameron. Oh, right. Okay. Plus yeah. five. You can have Cameron as well. Cameron McIntosh. Well, who, of course, appeared in the show as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, and we scream when we go and see a show together. So, yeah. Can you imagine? Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So him as well, you're going to have your interval drink will be a cup of tea followed by an old fashioned, followed by a Negroni, followed by a bottle of Dom. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a tough act too. <laughs> and you're going to enjoy a nice, a nice meal at the Charcoal Fish restaurant in Sydney afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Which Lovely. we're going to transport to just opposite stage door at the Palladium. Yeah. 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 And I want a car to take me there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You want a car to walk through. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, okay, well, look, that's what an amazing night. And I'm delighted by the fact Glorious. that that show is a show I've seen and I could yeah. see it again. Yeah. 
Mm. That sounds really good to me. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up now with that. Uh, we like to leave on a high. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be very difficult to scale the dizzy heights of this podcast, but we'd like to leave on a high and ask our guests to tell us a joke. Uh, because Billy Elliot, the musical, when they audition people, they used to ask their auditionees to tell a joke as part of the process. And that's what we'd like to finish on. A nice theatrical little thing where you tell us a joke and we pretend to laugh at it and then we say goodbye. Oh, I'm so crap at remembering jokes. But OK, try this. Uh, so a, uh, a, a Oxford University professor in linguistics was giving a lecture to his class and he said here's an interesting fact in english a double negative makes a positive but in russian a double negative is still a negative but in no language in the world does a double positive make a negative and a voice at the back went yeah right <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on the last show on earth, Mr. Michael Ball. Thank you. My good kids. God bless. Thank you. It's been a real joy, honestly. Well, that was a Christmas cracker of an episode and an absolute joy to talk to Mr. Ball all about his last show on Earth. Oh, absolutely. And what a great guest to end the year on. It was, as always, a joy to chat with Michael. And if you like listening, then please hit that follow button to make sure you do not miss the next episode. Also, please help spread the word about the last show and tell your friends and talk about us on social media. You can also follow the podcast on social media. Search for The Last Show Pod on Twitter and The Last Show on Earth podcast on Instagram and you'll get all the up-to-date news about new episodes and upcoming guests. And oh my goodness, have we got some great guests lined up for 2023. Trevor Dion Nicholas, Rebecca Kane, Lucy Jones, Samantha Barks, Ben Forster, Jason Manford, and many, many more. But we shall be starting the new year with Tony Award-winning Broadway TV and film star Aaron Tveit. Oh, I can't wait. Or should I say... I can't debate. <laughs> Jesus. For more incredible jokes, do listen to our back catalogue if you haven't already, and please join us next year for more unmissable episodes of The Last Show on Earth. On here we ask a question nobody dare to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on Earth? This is the last show on Earth! My name is John. My name is Al. We've been friends a long time past. You want to know what show you'd see if you knew it was to be your last? What is your last show on Earth? This is the last show on Earth! What is your last show? When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.